Welcome back, everybody, to another jam-packed episode of No Interruptions with your host. I'm Jabber Taher. I'm Bars. And I'm Bilal Darwish. Kyrie Irving is back. The mandate in New York is gone. We're going to be talking about the, the playoff implications that that has. But before we do that, we're first going to talk about our Chicago Bulls and our takeaways from the game against the Clippers last night. Bars and Jabra. I mean, DeMar DeRozan just does it again. Puts up the marvelous. A, puts up a 50 bomb on the LA Clippers. They come back. They were down about a, around 11 points with four minutes to go. Comes back, gets it done, sends the game to overtime, and clutches it out. One player I did want to talk about was Patrick Williams. We all know the ceiling that he has. He has all the tools to be a great player in this league. But the problem with him is he is he hasn't been aggressive enough. And I don't know what happened at halftime, but they met up in the locker room and Billy Donovan and all the players were telling him, listen, man, if we want to go where we where we want to go, we're going to need you to be aggressive. We can't just be playing four on five offensively. We've seen what he's done defensively. He's already helped out in that aspect of the game. He's been great on boards. He had 12 rebounds last game. But second half, what I liked, to, what I liked out of his play in the second half was he was aggressive. He was cutting to the basket. When he got an open look, he would shoot it without hesitation. He had 10 points in the fourth quarter and overtime, hit some big shots, which I think was the X factor in the Bulls pulling off this game. Yeah, it was it was a fun game to watch. Uh, definitely uh, very nerve-wracking there at the end. I think we definitely got bailed out at the end of that game. Uh, Trey Manns with the off the away from the ball foul, but DeRozan hit that fadeaway three. If that whistle was not called, that wasn't a three. His foot was on the line. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was on the line. So we definitely got bailed off in that aspect. But you know, thank God they came out with the win because it looked like we couldn't stop the Clippers at all from making their threes. I mean, they went sixteen for thirty six from three, forty four percent. They were making them like crazy. Yeah, it, it felt like every time we we brought we brought the deficit back down to around seven four points. You'd have Reggie Jackson hitting a three or Marcus Morris. Kennard. Marcus Morris killed us in the first quarter. He was, he was looking like Kobe Bryant out there with all this uh, turnaround fadeaways. But, yeah, I mean, they just kept clawing back, and they showed resiliency. And I think they got to use this game as momentum and carry that forward into the remaining five games of the regular season and into the playoffs. If you want to go on a playoff run, these are the games that matter. Every game right now, you got to have that playoff mindset. Every game is huge. You got to carry that momentum, and hopefully it's kind of a wake-up call for them. And if they want to beat these good teams in the league, they can't just lock in in the fourth quarter and just turn it up when they're down 10 points with three minutes to go. If you want to win, you got to play 48 minutes of good basketball. Yeah, and to go off that point, even yesterday in that game, you felt like the first few quarters, anytime they make a run, it just it pulled right back. You know, It's just like they didn't play a full complete game and the defense had a lot of breakdowns plenty of them there was always that one guy open in the corner canard got open a lot that game you know uh it was just it was hard to watch in the beginning and then just something snapped in the fourth quarter and it's something that they can't keep relying on it's this team always goes on a run at some point in the game and especially when it's in the middle of the game they always let the other team crawl back like they'll go up 20 and somehow the team's then down five like in that cavaliers game uh a couple days ago so I think this team needs to work on more consistency. And based off of the end of the game, I think they should use that as a momentum swing, especially Patrick Williams, because I'm not going to lie to you, the first three quarters of the game, he was driving me crazy. 
There was no movement. He just sat in the corner on offense. And knowing that he's got a nice three-point shot, he could drive to the rim and all that stuff, it just drives you crazy just watching him sit there. And then finally, when the fourth quarter came around, I don't know what sparked. He had some confidence, and he went out and he hit four big shots at the end of the game. And I think he needs to take a big takeaway out of this game of, hey, if we want to win, I got to get involved. I got to get mine. Because I feel like he's just too shy to step up and do something. But at the end of the day, this is team basketball, and you can't play four on five on offense. And if he can continue to just shoot the ball and be aggressive and drive to the rim, it'll be huge for this team. Take a load off of Zach. Take a load off DeRozan. Um, take a load off of Vooch. You know, it's just a, it's an extra weapon on offense. No, I agree. You got to have that dog mentality. And you mentioned he's a shy player or whatnot, but you look at Kawhi Leonard. Like, he doesn't talk much, but he gets it done when he's on the floor. And I, I said it at halftime. Someone's got to tell this guy to go out and just hoop. Don't think too much. Just go out, be aggressive, and play your game. Play, play the game that's gotten you to this level. And like, like I mentioned earlier, Billy Donovan and the players, they talked to him. They said, listen, we're going to need you to be more aggressive. And he came out and he did that, especially in the fourth quarter and overtime. You, you like to see that, and hopefully he does carry that on moving forward. And my biggest thing with Pat ever since he came out of the draft has been that aggressiveness. I've never seen it in year one. And at the beginning of this year when he played the first five games, you didn't see it. So he, he, said, uh, he said the first five games of the year his ankle was – wasn't even healed 100% yet. He was just rushing to get back. So he said that played a factor um, into his game. But obviously, yeah, these past few games since he came back from the wrist injury, you ha- you haven't really seen that aggressiveness up until the end of last game. Hopefully hopefully we see it more going forward. Yeah, and as long as he's aggressive, I'm okay. But this man has a lot of value in the trade market as well. So I'm if I'm the Bulls' uh, management, I'm looking. If he's not aggressive come down the stretch I might be looking to move him honestly because if he's not going to show his value now who knows when he will because if he's scared to step on DeMar DeRozan Zach Levine's toes and you know take a few shots I mean that's really going to hurt his development for the future yeah I I agree it's going to hurt his development if he does if he doesn't wake up but we've seen it we've seen it now and and it was huge he really helped us win that game you just want to see him more going forward yeah Bards and Jabra you guys brought up very interesting points um Patrick Williams on offense was a very big concern. It seemed like he was scared to shoot the basketball, but something sparked in that fourth quarter, and he went 4-for-4, four four, 100% field goal percentage. Um, but, but then moving on, right now, my biggest problems with the Chicago Bulls, it was great to have that you know that win. It gives us a lot of momentum, hopefully going into the playoffs. But right now, my biggest problem right now is with the Chicago Bulls, excuse me, is the defense. I think right now the defense is atrocious. You know, we had Cruz to go down. He came back. We have Patrick Williams that came down. But we're missing that one anchor, Lonzo Ball. We need him to come back desperately because we know the the defensive implications that he has on our basketball team. And going back to Vucic, he's definitely an offensive, uh, he's an offensive asset. But my problems with him, he's a liability on defense. It seems that people in the paint always have their way. And we've talked about this on No Interruptions time and time again. When we face a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers, we are in trouble because he will not be able to body up and step up on uh, play defense on Giannis and Joel Embiid. But granted, you know, he does get him he does get his um his points on offense. He went nine for nineteen for twenty-two points that last game. You know, it's another, it's a, it's a solid Vooch game. When you think about uh, Vucic, what do you think? You know, twenty-two points, like you know, forty percent shooting or whatever. But then that's the thing with that's the thing about the Chicago Bulls. We need 
somebody that could get in the paint, get us rebounds, embody those players like Joel Embiid and Giannis. Because if we can't get that, we're not going to win anything. Yeah, and going back to your Lonzo point, I think you're 100% right. Lonzo Ball, I think what he does and what he did for this team is incredibly underrated. He sets a tempo on offense and defense. You see it when he's on the floor, when he's running point, he's getting everyone involved, people are running. He's clamping up on defense. When, you, when you, you're guarding good defensively in the, in the backcourt, that helps out the frontcourt. And then you're getting the ball out in transition, you're running, they're playing a lot faster. I think that's when the, this team is at their best. You have a lot of athletic players get out and run, and hopefully we do get Lonzo Ball back and we see that going forward. And I forgot to mention something about Vucic. Also another thing, he spends a lot of time at the three-point, and we know that in the paint, he's like unstoppable. He He's like automatic in the paint, but he's always spending time on the three-point line, and that's not his strength on offense. And I feel like, granted, it's not all his fault he's spending time <clears throat> on the three-pointer because it, I think it's the system that he's in. A lot of the times you have Levine and you have DeRozan. They're on the blocks, and they, they crowd the paint, so it's very and they get in the way of Levine and DeRozan, so it's very hard for him to stay in the paint. So he's put in that position where he has to shoot the three-pointers you know, when they pass it out. But I think Donovan needs to create a system where he puts Vucic in, in the paint and he gives him so he can post up. Because, like I said, he's always scoring in there and he's virtually unstoppable. So we need to create a system where he's, he's sitting in the paint and doing big man things. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what we've seen in the last few games. <clears throat> it feels like they definitely made um, an effort to get him more involved down low in the paint. And that kind of, when you play through him and you're feeding him the ball inside, that kind of creates offense for everyone else so I, th I think that's key you definitely would rather see him um down on the block than out at the top of the and look going to the Vooch point they started off the game yesterday they went straight to Vooch he hit that that one down low and then he hit two threes and then you didn't hear from him for a while so I think their biggest thing is they do need to get him going 100% in the paint because when I watch him in the paint it's beautiful when I watch him outside sometimes I just want to I just want to kill it's myself watching sometimes. it it is painful because there's nights where he'll go 0 for 3, 0 for 4, 0 for 5 from the three-point line. So I don't like to see him living out there. Granted, Hopefully, he does get hot from three sometimes. Sometimes, but we all know he's always hot when it comes down low. And another thing that's been kind of like, that's kind of like astonishing to me is the Bulls are second in the NBA when it comes to field goal percentage, second in the NBA when it comes to three-point percentage as well. But they're 30th in the league in shots. And their defense is terrible. So... My question is, Is how are you going to sit there and you're going to play small ball? You're going to play four guards, but you're not going to run. And I think that's a critical point when it comes to getting Lonzo Ball back. This team needs to start running, especially if they're going to play small. You can't play small in the NBA and not play fast. So if you're going to sit there and you're going to take the longest, like all the time out of your possession, and they got two bigs out there, chances are you're not going to get a great shot. But when you're running and they have multiple bigs on the floor, that's going to tire them out and that's going to make your offense just better. So... I don't know what's going on, why they can't push the ball. You got guys like Io, you got guys like Caruso who can run. You got guys like Levine. There should be no reason why this team doesn't push the ball more down the court, especially when you're in a four-guard set. Yeah, and I think this goes back to Patrick Williams. Um, it, it seems like they're going to move forward with him back in the starting lineup at the four, at the power forward position, and I think that would be huge because, again, he adds another player that could go out and rebound. He'll help you on the boards, and... Like you mentioned earlier, we struggle we struggle against teams with dominant bigs like the Giannis Antetokounmpo's and the Joel Embiid's. So when you bring in Patrick Williams, 
you get more size down low. So that's going to help you out there in that aspect of the game. And again, going back to Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball was our second leading rebounder before he went down with injury. So when he comes back, hopefully he does come back, he gets the ball out of transition, gets a rebound, and every time you see Lonzo Ball get a rebound, his eyes go directly down the floor, and he's looking for a man running the fast break. And I think the team just plays faster with Lonzo Ball on the floor because they know he's going to find them if they are running that fast break. So again, get Lonzo Ball back, put Pat back at the four in the starting lineup, and I think we see that chemistry that we saw early on in the in the year coming back at the right time uh, for the playoffs. So going back to the Lonzo point, I have a quick question for both of you guys. Right now they got a five-guard rotation, and Lonzo, if Lonzo comes back in the playoffs, it looks like somebody's going to have to get pushed out. Who do you think gets pushed out? So you're going to have a 10-man rotation going into the playoffs. I've already thought about this, okay? You're going to have Lonzo Ball at the 1, Zach Levine at the 2, DeRozan at the 3, Pat at the 4, Vucevic at the 5. That was your starting lineup to open the season. I think we're going to see it towards the end of the season. Coming off the bench, you're going to have a backcourt of Ayo and Kobe White. You're going to have Alex Caruso on the wing, which we've, we've seen him play on the wing. We've seen him play at the power forward position all year, so um, I don't expect that to change. And then you're going to have Javante Green and Tristan Thompson. That's probably going to be your 10-man rotation. Yeah, but when it comes to the playoffs, nobody really plays a 10-man. They usually play 8 or 9. And in my opinion, Kobe White hasn't been playing that well. I mean, he shows flashes every now and again. And I'm thinking that maybe he's going to be a guy that gets pushed out of the rotation especially if Lonzo Ball comes back. So what I see, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a 10-man rotation that's completely set and these are your minutes every single game. I think it's going to come down to what kind of game is it? Where are you in the game? Uh, What do you need? Do you need some three-point shooting? Then maybe you put Kobe White in there. Do you need a big man, a dominant big man? You put Tristan Thompson in there. So I think it kind of just wavers from game to game um, to see like what matchups you like. And, and that's probably going to be your rotation. But I, I do see all 10 of those guys getting menaced in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with that, Bars. And I think Kobe White has some importance to the team. He, um, he's a very good role player. He can come off the bench and get you a couple threes. And some a lot of those threes were in clutch moments throughout the season. So I would definitely put him on the 10-man roster in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, I think every team needs a spark plug off the bench. A point guard that just comes in, you see it. Every team has it. He has good quality minutes. Yeah, so you just come in. Um, he, he he comes in the game, gives you a spark offensively, hits some big shots. You take him out. You put I or whoever back in there. But I definitely do see him getting minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, that's some interesting points, gentlemen. And um, there's a lot to look forward to with our Chicago Bulls. That's all we got for the Chicago Bulls um, for this episode. But So I was looking at the Vegas odds for the Eastern Conference, who's going to come out of the Eastern Conference Finals. And they still have it as the Brooklyn Nets. And I would say if you're a betting man you want to make some money, I would say you would bet against the Brooklyn Nets because I don't believe that they're actually you know that good right now. And my question for you, Bars and Jabra, do you think that they're overrated or they're underrated right now? Well, obviously they can't be underrated because they have them as the, the favorites to come out of the East. But do you think Vegas has this wrong? Look, if I'm a betting man... I'm slamming Brooklyn. I'm taking them all day. There's no doubt about it in my mind. You got one of the best players in the game in Kevin Durant. And you got Kyrie Irving full-time now. And I have no concerns when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets. Because they are stacked. And reports are Ben Simmons is getting ready to play again. And they don't need shooting from him. 
They don't need much offense from him at all. If that man can come in and put the clamps down on some of the best players in the league, guess what? You'll take it because you got shooting from Kyrie Irving. You got shooting from Kevin Durant. You got shooting from Patty Mills, from Goran Dragic, from Seth Curry. They got shooters all day. I am not worried about this team in one bit. And I am telling you, I have all the faith in the world right now when it comes to the Brooklyn Nets, especially if Kyrie and KD are healthy. They don't even need Ben Simmons, okay? He's just a luxury at this point. This team is dangerous. And yeah, the record shows, what, 40 and 37? Big deal. KD wasn't playing. Wasn't playing. When he was playing, they were the second seed. He went down and they obviously dropped. Uh, James Harden didn't want to be there, so obviously he's not going to play his best. And then Kyrie wasn't even playing at that point in the season. So if I'm a betting man, I'm going with the Nets all day. Yeah, I mean, I I 100% agree with you. And it's why I picked the Brooklyn Nets to win it all. Obviously, you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And like you mentioned, I don't think they even need Ben Simmons. But if he gives you anything, if you get anything out of Ben Simmons, if he just comes in the game and plays a little bit of defense and helps you out rebounding and maybe runs the runs the point guard, gets out in transition, um, just sets people up, I mean, I, I, think, I think that's just added luxury, like, like you mentioned. But again, and it's not only Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. This is a deep team. When they traded James Harden and they got back Sepp Curry and Andre Drummond, you add another great shooter at the guard position. You had another dominant big in Andre Drummond. You have Patty Mills coming off the bench. I mean, if you talk about firepowered offenses, the Brooklyn Nets are right there. And like you mentioned, they were the number two seed all year. That was with the, without Kyrie Irving up until Kevin Durant went down. So this team is for real. And if you're the Milwaukee Bucks or the Philadelphia 76ers or Miami or Boston, you do not want to see that team in the first round. Because I'm telling you, Brooklyn... I'm not going back on my pick. I I do really do believe they're winning. They're winning it all. They're winning it all. Listen, I hear your points, and I'm not saying that the Brooklyn Nets have no chance in hell at winning a championship, but I'm not as high on them as my two counterparts here on no interruptions are. Right now, if I'm looking at the Eastern Conference um, landscape, I'm not afraid of Brooklyn as I am of Milwaukee or as the Sixers or right now the Celtics are super hot. I would rather face Brooklyn over those three players who are playing exceptional right now. And you can't tell me you would rather face Jason Tatum. Hear me out. Hear me out. They have a lot of holes, the Brooklyn Nets. And you're saying Kyrie Irving. Where? Irv- you say Kyrie Irving. Wait, you say Kyrie Irving. Name Irv- one hole on the team. You say Kyrie Irving is back, right? Name one hole in on the team. In the past team. six games, in the there past. There's no holes. Because even on the, in the, past even on the bench, they got LaMarcus wait, Aldridge averaging 13 a game. In the past they got six Bruce games. Brown averaging 10 plus a game. In the past six games right now. Granted, Kyrie has played in five of those six games. They've been two and four. They lost to the Hornets. They lost to the Grizzlies without John Morant. Granted, the Grizzlies have been winning without John Morant. But if you're that team who's a contender for the NBA Finals, you should be able to beat the little Memphis Grizzlies without John Morant. And, um, and another thing is that defense is atrocious. Reporters asked Steve, Na- Steve Nash, what's wrong with the defense? How are you going to fix it? Do you know what he said? I don't know the answer right now. Your head coach right now doesn't have the answer how to fix your defense. And you're bringing up Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, who we all know, and Bars, you're low on Ben Simmons. You 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 trash him throughout the season. You and say the, how I bad said they he don't is. need him. And you saying like if he comes back, he's a luxury. No, he's a liability. He, you say he plays good defense. He shows no progression in his game, and in the fourth quarter, you can't use him because you know that he's going to go to the free throw line, probably shoot 20% from the line, and he's not going to want to shoot the basketball. So literally, he's not existing in the fourth quarter. 
And look, I'm not saying the Brooklyn Nets are not a great team. They have no chance. I'm not disqualifying them, but I'm not afraid of them as I would be of the Nets or as I would be of the, the Bucks. And then what's the other team I was saying? The Bucks or the yeah. Sixers, excuse the me. The Celtics. And the Celtics. You, well, you would rather face Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. That's what you're telling see, me. I could see the gray area in there. Uh, you know, that's, I would have to think about it. But I would much rather see Brooklyn Nets than Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. You don't agree with that? I don't. You would because I, I think Brooklyn is the best team in the. And when we were talking, and when we were talking about earlier, when the skinny popcorn got traded to the Sixers, you had the six. You're high on them. You thought the Sixers might go to the NBA Finals. No, no, no. I I never said that. And you could go back. And I said Philadelphia becomes a contender from this trade. But okay. That, but at the same time, I said the Brooklyn Nets don't even need James Harden if they get a full time Kyrie Irving, which they did. They got a full time okay. Kyrie Irving. All they took understandable. The Bucks, they took the Bucks to overtime. All understandable. So let me get back to my point. Like, you guys are making it seem like, oh, I think the Brooklyn Nets are a terrible team. They're not dangerous. But I don't think they're the most dangerous team in the East. That's what I'm saying. And second of all, right now, I believe they're sitting eighth. Right now, they're tied with they're tied with the Hawks, and they're tied with the Charlotte Hornets. And they're playing the Hawks tonight. Who's to say that they're not going to lose tonight? They did lose to the Hornets just last week with Kyrie Irving playing. Like I said, they're 2-4 and four in the last six games. And they can lose to the Hawks, and that puts them back in the ninth seed. So let's say... Let's say, you know, they're going to stay in the play-in game, right? They're not going to get into the playoffs to the sixth seed. Who's to say if they end at the ninth that they can't lose one of two games? It's very possible. Man, they're going to get the eighth seed. I'm not even worried about that. But here's what you need to know. Your skinny popcorn, the last 10 games, is in playoff form. He's playoff hardened right now. 40% from the field, 29% from three. Oh, yeah, skinny popcorn. Oh, he's playoff hardened right now, and he's choking like he always does. And, you know, come playoff time, he's going to stay choking. He's looking like family-sized popcorn right now. But, <laughs> no, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, number one, let's just put this. I agree. James Harden doesn't need to step it up. But let's put this out there. The Brooklyn Nets are making it out of the play-in. There is no way this team is going to be eliminated. But let's say they end up in the ninth spot. Somehow. I, don't, I don't care if they're 10th. They can lose one. I don't care if they're 10th. You don't think it's possible they lose one of two games? It's, no. It's not no, possible. Because you have the best basketball player on the planet playing for them. So, and, oh, by the way, so the best player, got Kyrie Irving So the best right player on the planet can't lose one game. It no, just doesn't happen. It's not going to happen. Best four out of seven it's is different. It's not going to happen. He's been there before. He's won multiple championships. He's been there before. He lives for that moment. And you add Kyrie Irving, another champion. And then, again, we mentioned how deep this roster is. You got Seth Curry, Patty Mills, um, Andre, DeAndre Jordan. Is it DeAndre so Jordan or Andre Drummond? It's Andre, Andre, DeAndre Drummond. Drummond. Andre Drummond. So you would rather face the Nets or you would rather face the Bucks over the Nets right now in the first round? 100%. Okay. That's... 100%. And and listen. I, I disagree. I respectfully disagree with that statement. I much I much more fear Giannis than I do Kevin Durant right now. Let me tell you something. You can fear whatever you want. But who's been getting criticized all year? Has been Giannis. It's been KD. And you know what? KD, he sees everything. Kyrie, he sees everything. And you know what? I think that's another thing about Kyrie. On their shoulder Let's right go now. back into the history of Kyrie Irving. When has he showed up ever since the Cleveland Cavaliers? When has he showed up when his team has needed him the most? And don't say anything about Kyrie. Yes, I get it. He's a baller. He's an exceptional player. When he's on the court, he produces. But when you go back to the days of the Boston Celtics, when the when Tatum and Brown took LeBron James to Game 7, where was Kyrie Irving? And then going fast forward to the next season, where they have a first or second round bounce, and then 
After that, he got traded. He got injured again. Last year, what happened? He got injured again. Another thing is, can you depend on Kyrie Irving being there when you need him the most? History tells me otherwise. What do you say, Barton Job? If you want to go back in history, let's rewind a little bit further and go back to when he hit that game-winning three against I, Golden I State in Game 7. I mentioned that, the Cavs. Okay. I said, let's go over... I mentioned that. You can't... I, I know. All right. I think ever since he's gone to the Celtics and beyond, what has history have been telling you? All right. You mentioned that game. Fast forward a little bit more. Let's go back to last year when they played the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs and they had a 2-0 commanding lead before he sprained his I ankle. I said that. I said... Exactly. I, didn't I say he's a baller because he's exceptional when he's in? But I said, where was he when they needed him the most? Where was he? He's here now. He's here okay. now and he ain't leaving. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Bilal, you're sleeping on this team. I'm not Everybody sleeping on this team. I'm not sleeping on this team. I said they have a chance, but I'm just saying history tells me that the players that they have, they let you down when you need them the most. Well, you know like what Ben the Simmons this and Kyrie Irving. He's coming into the playoffs fully healthy this time. Why? Because he's had a lot of load, man, load of management this year. So I'm not worried about him. He's ready to go. He's 100%. There's nothing wrong with him. So I'm confident that Kyrie Irving will stay healthy in this postseason. And if he does, nobody wants to see the Brooklyn Nets. Not even Milwaukee. Milwaukee, last year, down 2-0. And they- Kyrie gets hurt. If Kyrie stays healthy, Milwaukee's not a champion. Brooklyn's a champion. So this year, I know Milwaukee's got them in the side view. I'm like, damn, we might face them in the first round and get bounced in the first round as champions. I don't think Milwaukee's afraid of them. Because they, they already beat them, and I think they know they could beat them. They already beat them, too, yesterday when, when uh, Giannis hit that, that, that three, that game tying three, sent them to overtime. Yeah, they Talk were... to me about the postseason, not the regular season. Well, the, oh, well, the postseason, I'm talking to you. They won last year, and they beat them. I don't want to say injuries. At the end of the day, it's a game of attrition, the survival of the fittest. If you stay healthy, you win. And Giannis... He, he, he always shows up when you need him to show up, and he played and he won. So what you're telling me right now, the reason you'd pick the Bucks over the Brooklyn Nets is because you're banking on injuries. It's not because you think the Bucks are a better team. You think injuries are going to derail the Brooklyn Nets. Tell me right now, who's beating a healthy Brooklyn Nets team? I think right now the Milwaukee Bucks or the 7th. Why? Why would you say that? What has, shown you, what has shown you that someone can knock off the Brooklyn Nets when they're healthy? It's just, I feel the... Brooklyn Nets, they can't consistently put a stretch of good basketball. They'll have a high they ceiling. The first half they of the ha- they'll have a high ceiling, but then they'll just like melt down. It's like, what are you guys doing? They had the number like, two seed. Like the past six games, they went two and four. They lost to they lost to the, the the Hornets. They lost to the Grizzlies without John Morant. And what are you gonna say if they lose to the to the Hawks later? I think the game is tomorrow. What are you gonna say then? They lose to these teams that they should beat. They only beat the Detroit Pistons by the way by by seven the other day. So this team is not unbeatable. They're definitely beatable, and you could definitely have them in a four out of seven. And especially in a play-in where you only have to beat him one time. Who's to say they don't play Trey Young and he shoots them out of the court? We know when he gets hot, he gets hot. You, you know who else beat beat the... Uh, you know who else the Grizzlies beat? Yes, I know. Beat? The Sixers lost to the Pistons. No, no, no. I said, <laughs> do you know who else the Grizzlies beat this past week? They blew out the Milwaukee Bucks 127-102. to 102. So what I'm saying is it's a regular season. Anything could happen. But the play-in is like a regular season game but when in a way. The, but when the it's state, only one no, game. No, no when the, it's definitely a it's playoff a, game. It's a, it's a different atmosphere. It's a playoff game. It's win or go home. And I'm saying when the stakes are at their highest and the lights are at their brightest, Kevin Durant is not shying away and neither is Kyrie Irving. And I want those two guys on my team more than Jason Tatum, more than Giannis, more than Joel Embiid, more than James Harden, more than Jalen Brown. I'm taking KD and Kyrie Irving over any other duo in the league. I've said it since the beginning of the year and I stick by my word. The Brooklyn Nets will be holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the year. Okay. And you know what, Bilal? When this is all said and done, I want an apology from you. All right? 
I'll give you the field. All right, you can have the whole field. You're gonna come on no interruptions. We'll have and a you're gonna apologize. We'll have and a thirty minute have... finals to win the finals. I get the field for the finals. For the East. Oh come on, Jabra. Why are you backing up? You got so, the field for the East. You're so confident. If you're so high on Kevin Durant, you just gave me this whole spiel. Kevin Durant, the best player. Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons is a luxury. So why don't you give me the whole field from the East and the West if you're that confident? Listen, if the Brooklyn Nets win it all, I want a you thirty. Give me the field. Too? I want a thirty-minute episode of you just saying that you're sorry. The field. A hundred percent. You know, fine. Take the field. Because there's only one team I think that can stop them in the playoffs. And it's the team that's playing, been playing the best basketball all season. And it's the Phoenix Suns. They're the only other team I have confidence in to beat them. The only other team. And that team is a well-oiled machine. And that's the only reason I say that. And I'm a huge Chris Paul fan. And I have been pulling for him to win one. Same. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see the Phoenix Suns beating the Brooklyn Nets. And I, honestly, I don't even know if they make it out of the Western Conference. I think the team to beat in the West is the Golden State Warriors. But they do need to get healthy. Steph Curry is out for the, the remainder of the regular season. He should be back by the playoffs. Do you guys? Do you think that's enough time? He's gonna have enough time to get reacclimated into into. The I don't know. I think the the Warriors are gonna win the NBA Finals. I think it's gonna be the Phoenix Suns coming out of the West, and they're probably gonna win the Finals. That's my take. Yeah, uh, honestly, I hope that take happens. So I hope you give me the field because I know the Suns <laughs> gonna win that. Or or I think the Bucks actually might come out of the East, but I have to see the matchups. Yeah, see, he's, he's, he has the whole field. We're taking we're taking an eighth seed, Bart. Hey, we're taking an eighth seed. Last for the NFL, I gave you guys the field, and I told you that Matthew Stafford is going to win the Super Bowl. So that's why I want to tell you something about no interruptions. I know Hold things. On, on. I know he's going to win the championship. I know where I'm going. I said Matthew Stafford was going to win the championship. Just take my word for it when I tell you he's going to win the NBA Finals. It's going to be the Phoenix Suns. And you said the Lakers were going to win the NBA Finals, too. Bro, everybody thought the Lakers were going to come out of the West. They I were the Vegas I odds. I didn't think they were come out of the West. You always hate on LeBron. You always say he's not going to win. No. Go you, you always speak with their heart. You have never said LeBron is going to win something. You always say he's going to lose. That's not true. Throughout your whole entire... When you know, he was in Miami, I picked him to win it every year he was in Miami. Because that team was just so much better than every other team. The reason I didn't pick him to win it this year was because, like I mentioned earlier, it was not going to work out. But you're just a LeBron You're not objective out. when it comes to LeBron no, it James. Was not, it was not going to work out with him and Russell Westbrook. Anyone could have seen that coming. It was not going to work out. Two Russell Westbrook players, is a problem, but that's, that's No, he's not, a scapegoat. That's, see, that, that's the no, issue no, right here. You know, let me finish. He's not their biggest problem. They have a lot of problems in Los Angeles Lakers. They're old. They don't play defense. And yeah, they need to check it into the nursing home, not into you know, a basketball court. Who play defense, especially LeBron? LeBron Brooklyn, only cares about the scoring. The Brooklyn right Nets now. too. I, I see no effort. The Brooklyn Nets don't play defense. Yeah. Even Nash even says we don't know how to play defense. Yeah, and without KD and Kyrie, somehow for ninety percent of the season, you're still over five hundred. Wait, wait, hold yeah, on. And as the eighth, or, as tied for the eighth and ninth seed or whatever, they're eighty percent of the season. Yeah, out. yeah. Okay. Let's go back to that LeBron subject. I am not seeing him put any effort at all. I mean, how many times do we see a team? That they're facing, get back on offense, and LeBron is just staying there. He doesn't get back on defense. He's he's not even at the half court line, let alone pl- Bro, playing defense. I'm not gonna sit here. LeBron, his legacy speaks for himself. He's a legend. He's a top five player of all time. The man's in year 19. But you're not. You're not upset. Averaging you're... 30. The man's in year 19, averaging 30. This is unprecedented. Who? He's stab petting. Whoever. I don't even care. I don't, care if, I don't even out. care if he's playing against a local high school. If a man is in year 19 at 37 years old that hits, that's shooting, thir- is, sh- is putting up those numbers, that is amazing. I don't even care. LeBron James, his career is set in stone. End of the day, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. So when they're he's getting blown out, player. when they're getting blown out, and he stays in the game in the fourth quarter to pad his stats when they're down 20, 30 points, that's impressive to you. 
I mean, so, so LeBron not, James is not impressive. He's not a great player. Like, he's not. He's not no, a top no, five year, player. He's, not he's a near he's nineteen. He's a top five he's player a right now. Nineteen. You guys want him to be LeBron James of two thousand thirteen? Of course. I mean, you were expecting it. You picked him at all. He's thirty-seven years old. He's tired. You're not. Let him be, bro. The guy is amazing. The top five player. You're not, you're not upset. You're so you don't think he's a top 10 player right now in the NBA this year in year 19? No, I'm taking 10 players over him easily. Right now, I, I'm saying. But you're telling me you're not upset that your NBA Finals pick isn't even putting in any effort? No, I mean, it, it, he's putting in effort. He's playing games. He's he's scoring 30 a game. He's going to get the scoring title. I don't know. I think LeBron James is a great player, and I don't blame him. But he has the worst team around him. He has Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. Hold on, hold on. When Westbrook was putting All up... Right, another thing about the setting up the team. At the end of the day, LeBron James is not the general manager. And he's been the general the manager. Lakers GM, the Lakers GM, he, if when LeBron tells him something, he can tell him no. In the beginning, who did he want as his coach? Did he want Frank Vogel? No. He wanted Tyron Lue, and this year Tyron Lue is going to win Coach of the Year probably. He wanted, he wanted and another thing is... They um, had a deal at, finalized for Buddy Heald. It was finalized. At, it was official. And, and another it was reported thing. reported by Adrian okay. Rose. All right, but why we listen to him to this, this Russell Westbrook trade request, but he won't listen to him in the past. Guess who else LeBron James wanted? He wanted DeMar DeRozan, but he didn't want to give him that third year. He, he didn't want to pay him for that extra year. He couldn't pay him. And another thing DeRozan is... DeRozan wanted to come to Chicago. He no, he wanted, to, he, he wanted wanted to stay to in come L.A. To Chicago. And what else was going to... He, so do you realize he couldn't pay Demar Derozan? The max they could pay him was ten million because they had no cap space. Well, he wanted. You're DeMar- gonna take ten million, or you're gonna take three years, thirty million average. How, wait, I don't understand. How can they go out and get Russell Westbrook in that contract, but they couldn't get Demar Derozan? Because they after they got Westbrook, they couldn't do it. Well, I'm saying they shouldn't have gotten Westbrook. They should have got Demar LeBron Derozan. Wanted Westbrook. LeBron and AD went but to Westbrook. I'm saying house. okay. They wa- why does the GM only listen to LeBron in this one scenario, but in the past he listened to him. Why he wanted. LeBron wanted Tyron Lue. He didn't do it for him. At the trade deadline, LeBron wanted trades. The Lakers GM said no. Um, yeah, They had no assets but to trade. Saying, if he, he could say no to LeBron. You traded he all was, your assets to Anthony, he Anthony could, Davis. He could say no to LeBron in the past. You could say no to this time. Like, no, I'm the GM. I don't want Russell Westbrook. I'm going to go get Buddy Hill. If he said no to Tyron Lue, why can't he say no to this scenario? So at the end of the day... When there's a when there's a problem with the roster, I don't put it on LeBron. I put it on with the GM. The GM has to grow the fortitude, the fortitude, and tell LeBron, no, I don't want to get Russell Westbrook. I'm gonna go get Buddy Yield. I'm the GM. If you like it, whatever. But I'm, yeah, think, we like think, it or not, I'm the GM. You you think Genie Bus is gonna sit around and get LeBron pissed off? Okay, why didn't okay? That same scenario. You think you want LeBron to get pissed off? Wanted to get Tyron Lue when he, when they wanted to get him. Maybe they didn't have the capital to get Tyron Lue. Why don't they have the capital? Is there a cap space for coaches too? Yeah, actually, it's part of your cap space. Oh, so they can't afford Tyron Lue, but they can afford Russell Westbrook. Okay, get out of here with that nonsense. It's because he wanted Westbrook. Why don't you understand about but that? But he wanted Tyron Lue. So I'm trying to tell you, yes, LeBron made a mistake with that, with getting uh, Russell Westbrook, but he also wanted Tyron Lue. And what did the GM tell him? No, I'm going to go get Frank Vogel. And now, Frank Vogel might be fired as of next year. I want to go back to your point when you said LeBron. All thanks to LeBron. When he said LeBron was putting up 30 points a game. When Russell Westbrook was, was averaging a 30-point triple-double, what did I keep hearing from you? He's not playing winning basketball. So why does LeBron get a pass now? Because he's putting up 30, bas- 30 points a game, but they are not playing Wait, winning basketball. They're not even me? in a playing picture right now. No, when he, was in, when he was with Oklahoma, I said Russell Westbrook is an exceptional player. He's no, doing no, well. I'm the one who's been the Russell Westbrook. Yeah, that Westbrook was Jabra, right. first I'm of right, all. Though. And now, the only re- a lot of uh, can I, can Russell Westbrook's right, talent is, is based on his athletic ability. 
So the one year where he doesn't have as much athletic ability as previous that's past, that's not what it been is. Doing bad. All right, when LeBron's been out the last okay. couple of games, look up whatever. Look you, at Westbrook's stats. Right, Bart, you can do your psychoanalysis. You know, you're such an NBA expert. You're teaching me. I don't know what it is, but this year he fell off a cliff. I wish that we had Russell Westbrook of the Oklahoma Thunder. It doesn't. If we fit. had that, it'd be a different game. They do not fit together. You're telling me. So you're telling in me right one now. Year, in one offseason, Westbrook is going to fall off mean? a cliff. What do you mean? You think Russell? It doesn't fit. No. Even even when LeBron James is out, Westbrook doesn't do that well. O- open up the last game when LeBron was out. Read me off. Read me Westbrook's stats right now. You read me do the it. stats. You're the, one, you're the Russell got, Westbrook fan. Hold on, hold on. You guys act like Russell Westbrook fits with everybody. And why did that. Why did KD leave? Why did Paul George leave? Why did James Harden want him out? James Harden uh, wanted him first too. Yeah, and then he wanted him out. Yeah. But are you seeing a common problem here? It's Russell Westbrook. The guy has proven again and again that he can't fit with other superstars. Why? He can't play without the ball in his hands. And when he has the ball in his hands, he puts up stupid shots. Russell Westbrook is not as great as a player as everybody thinks. I'm sorry to say it. I don't know what it is. Um, Russell Westbrook, he fell off a cliff. And All right, so I'm going to just read his numbers from the last couple of games. Last game, put up 24-7 and 6, shot 50%. The game before, 25-8 and 6, shot better than 50%. So I don't want to hear this talk about... Oh, he's the reason they're losing. You it's know not a good fit. Bars. You have two ball-dominant num- players that don't Why fit. do you read off numbers and statistics when it proves your agenda? But when I tell you that LeBron has 30 a game, oh, those numbers don't mean anything. So why do those numbers mean something but LeBron's they're numbers not don't in mean the, anything? They're not in a playing game. What you're telling me is that Westbrook is one of the main reasons that, that they're uh, not I did winning. not say Westbrook was one of the main reasons. I just literally, you could, we could rewind 10 minutes. I said that Russell Westbrook is the least of their problems. They... They have a comprehensive problem. Their I'll roster t- is old. I'll tell you you're right literally, now. I'll tell you what the problem Bars, is. You're right always now. preaching to the choir. I was never a hater on, on Russell Westbrook. I just don't think he's good as he used to be, and he's he's declining as we see it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the problem is right now. You're one of LeBron on the Lakers. What happened? What happened? They didn't go to the playoffs. Okay. Year, year two, two, what happened? Two, you I'll add, tell you, NBA you added, champions. Hold on, NBA you, champions. You added Anthony Davis. A- NBA champions. They won it all. NBA champions, Correct? right? NBA champions. Can I make my point? Yeah, make your point. They added Anthony Davis. They won it all. Okay. Year three, what happened? AD went down. They were a first round exit. Right? Oh my God! Hold on, hold on. LeBron is LeBron is the first All Star or superstar that couldn't win with his co star. Oh year my four. God! Year four, what happens? We're in year four right now on the Lakers. What happened? AD went down. They fell out of the playing picture. Okay. So what I'm saying is, and LeBron is in year 19. It's very hard to win on your own. He can't carry a team like he used to. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Right now, you saw Tom Brady in the NFL, who's the GOAT, right? Undisputed GOAT. That last year when he didn't have his weapons, he wasn't that good. Why do you think Brady is systematically... Why do you think he chose the Bucs? Because he saw the talent. Why do you think there was reports that he might want to go to the Miami Dolphins? Because he saw the talent. So when LeBron went to LA and he handpicked his two guys, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, and now they're failing to perform. AD's not staying healthy. Westbrook's not... uh, He's not playing well. They're not... That chemistry isn't working. So are you still high on Russell Westbrook? No, I'm not high on Westbrook, but I said you it wasn't going to think he's a fit. great player? I said it wasn't going to so fit. Do you think he's a great player? Right said, now, if you put him on a different team, he's going to, you know... It depends on the team. It depends on the players around right. him. No, he's but not that fitting was not, any That was not a good he fit. He doesn't fit with other superstars. People fail to realize he and, does not and OKC, they, and OKC, they blew a 3-1 lead. And if you, wanna, you can't tell me that him and Kevin Durant would never have won And if you want to right NBA now finals. criticize LeBron James' GM decisions, I'm not going to argue with that because he made some really bad decisions that past offseason. When you have three players on the max... If we talk about his play, he has excellent play. When you have three players on the max... You're not going to have depth on your team. You're not going to have a bench. All right? You've already traded away all your assets, so you really can't improve your team. So when you have three players on a max and they're not performing well, you're not going to win anything. Okay? That's my point here. Yeah, I don't know. 
I so don't blame the I roster hold, when he handpicked those two guys. I wholeheartedly agree that when it comes to picking a roster, he messed up bad. But you're asking me about his his performance on the court. I think his performance on the court for somebody who's in year 19, 37 years old, I think it's well. And I did not see this coming. Right, 10 years ago, you told me LeBron James was going year 19 and average 30. I'd like shut the hell up. No way. Uh, but when it comes to when it comes to how we pick this rosters, I agree with you, Bars. 100%. But we've seen this he in the past. He made bad decisions. He shouldn't have got Russell Westbrook. They should have got Buddy Yield. But again, I also... I mean, you think Buddy Yield makes him a contender? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I blame the GM for, uh, first and foremost because, it, because it's his team and it's his responsibility to fill out the roster. And he, has, he hasn't listened to LeBron James in the past. You can't say no to him, and LeBron James still stayed pattern. He played, and he gave his all to the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, let me make my point real quick. First of all, I'm going to just put this out there. You take Westbrook off his team, you put in Buddy Heald. They don't go from a team that is outside of the playing game to Bart, a contender. I told you a hundred million times, Russell Westbrook is not the only problem. Okay, I know I, they have a I, bunch of holes. Like I don't know why you keep going back to that point. Also, the Buddy Heald point. Buddy Heald isn't making half the money that Westbrook's making, so it opens up $20 million cap. They could have gotten DeRozan. They could have gotten other people. So him handpicking... Westbrook yes. really shot bad him in the foot. Bad choice. 100% bad choice. I will concede that. I will not argue with that. He should have not so, gotten yeah. Russell Westbrook. So Buddy Heald was obviously the better choice because then you can actually fill out your roster yes, with decent yes. players. Now let me finish my point. You want to criticize LeBron James' my, general manager abilities? I agree with you. I, yeah, he did a terrible job. Can, Don't hire LeBron James as your GM. Can I, 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 I endorse that. Can I finish my point? Can I finish my point? Finish your point. The show is called No Interruptions. Let me remind you. You better interrupt me this whole freaking conversation. <laughs> this isn't the first time we've seen this happen. We It happened when LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami. They they put in all their assets on all a right. team. He left Miami. He left Miami. All right. We're on that point. He left Miami. Let what me happened? finish my point. What happened in Miami? Can I make it? I know. We're going to go can, through can each. Can I make each my t- point? I know what you're going to say. After he left each franchise, he left the no, Midlands, that, right? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. When LeBron joins a team and he makes it and he creates that super team, okay. they put all their assets into it yes. to win, right? Yes. And they get their NBA championship. Everyone's happy. Do you happy. agree with that? They, uh, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that uh, strategy? Go all in, win a championship, and then if the team if you have up, a window to win, if you have a window to win yes. a championship, you go all in. Exactly. On, we saw it when the Raptors traded for Kawhi Leonard. Exactly. So that, we're, that's we're not on an the issue. Same page. Yeah, but right now what we're seeing, in, we're seeing out of the Lakers, is basically the end of that. Of window that strategy out, sure. out of that yeah of that window yes I agree it happened when he left Cleveland yes. they got Kyrie Irving they traded their number one pick overall Andrew Wiggins it? for Kevin Love they get a championship it? yes it's okay. worth it but you can't expect that to continue you can't expect them expect them to keep winning after they went all in on a window and that window has now closed yeah, you're not going to keep winning I wholeheartedly agree I don't know how they're going to fix the situation it's going to be an interesting offseason with the Los Angeles Lakers and yeah and I don't see LA leaving or I don't see LeBron leaving LA I don't see LeBron leaving L.A. because, you know, his son goes to high school at Sierra Canyon, which is in L.A., and I'm sure he wants to be in his life and watch all his basketball games. So if he was to leave, it'd be very hard for him to be part of his son's life. So I think he's going to stick it out and probably retire um, in L.A. and, you know, beat the get the scoring title or get the scoring, um, be the number one scorer of all time in NBA history. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's all the time we got. Uh, we went a little overtime, but, you know, we had we had some good discussion. That's all we got for today. Tune in next week for another episode of No Interruptions. Until then, I'm Bars. I'm Jabra. I'm Bilal Darwish. Peace out.